Hey all, this is Vidiotic. My name is Joe. My name is Sean. And by now, you know, residential video idiots. That's us. The labels are coming soon. The printer had issues and they should be on back order now. And uh, that's all getting sorted out. But you know, we have people for that. It's me and Sean in the background. Uh, with that being said, how are you? I don't think we can. Oh, you were talking to me? I swear I thought you were talking to the audience. I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> well, I'm being I, psychically listening, maybe. I don't know. I could have DSP. <laughs> I'm not lying. I was like, what is he doing? Are just going to sit here and wait for the audience to respond? Oh, it's my like goodness. two hours of silence when I'm just like, huh, maybe no one's there. Okay. Yeah, I can't even say I'm tired. I wasn't even working that hard today. Did you get your stuff situated? Yes, crisis averted. For those who don't know, uh, I, I'm a bladesmith, so I make a lot of knives. And one of the most crucial aspects of making a knife is when you heat treat the steel. To do that, I use a kiln, which gives me very specific temperatures, and it was not doing that. So I had to kind of bust it open, get in the wiring, and uh, make a mess. But we're all good now. I just wanted to ask and make sure, because, you know, I figure we're kind of open like that with the audience. We're not really, this isn't too secretive. When I was allowed to do the uh, address last week, just saying how um, how you had had the issue in your shop and how I had an issue with uh, scheduling. That was why we didn't have an episode for that week and we, we just got a bit behind. But just thought we'd go ahead and let that on, lay it on the table. Be like, you know, everything's good with that. So I'm glad to hear your stuff's working, getting there now. And and like I said, mine is, uh, I've got more of a resolute schedule now with a new job. So getting the ball rolling yeah for now we'll see you know that that thing called life gets in the way sometimes so you know that's the phrase i like to use and i'll probably keep using it because it's true yep we are a video podcast after all so uh maybe i'll just ask and be like entertainment thing recently anything like that news or did you watch anything good anything you want to maybe mention oh i don't know just the batman which I know you have not seen it. And in case any listeners have not seen it, I will not go into any spoilers. Uh, I will just say I, I loved, loved it. it. A guy I watch on YouTube said it first, and when he said it, I thought it was perfect. He said, "This was the it wasn't the perfect movie, but it was the perfect Batman movie. And uh, if we go into a review of this later on, I'll uh, I'll go into that more because I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it really captured the essence of Batman, his environment, Gotham. Yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, I unfortunately have not been able to see it yet. Like I said, scheduling for new job kind of came and factored into that. Possibly like next weekend, but tentative. But one thing I'll ask you since you saw it was you said you, you really enjoyed it as a story and the acting was good and everything was well said and everything uh one aspect i was interested in as a big batman fan if anyone needs to know i'm a huge batman nerd i have paraphernalia everywhere my room is decorated with all the paraphernalia and things i have autographs from people who have played batman things like that and he's a big nerd so one question i had was this was supposed to be like a big focus on batman as a detective which we hadn't really seen was this fulfilling that rumor? Absolutely. 
that was a big deal for me because that was one thing they stressed saying it's a younger Batman. It's a, like a year two or three, very early or between one and two, thing like that. I think they said Solid is like about a year two. And I really was hoping they would really lean heavily on that and show that he's no slouch because he's not. But a lot of times it's all about the gadgets and the flashy combat and stuff in the other movies. Yeah, no, the thing, the, the things that they promised, like in the ads and in the marketing, they really delivered on, um, which was great to see because that doesn't always happen uh, when you go to see a movie, especially one that's so anticipated. But yeah, they, I think they really delivered you know, especially on those aspects that you mentioned of the detective and it is a year two Batman and you can clearly see it is year two and, and he, he develops from it. You know, it's not just, you know, he makes mistakes uh, and then throughout the movie, he learns his ideology shifts, yada, yada. There's character development. It's beautiful. It's, it's a great movie. I think he is safely at this moment, my favorite Batman. Oh, yeah. And uh, how were some of those other guys that we we knew were in it? Like, I heard a lot of people praise Robert Pattinson for doing a pretty good job, a really good job, actually. And uh, Zoe Kravitz, they said, was pretty standout as Catwoman and Selena Kyle. But I'm also curious as to say, like, you know, how did our boy Paul Dano do as Riddler, Jeffrey Wright as Gordon, uh, Andy Serkis as Alfred? Well, I loved Andy Serkis as Alfred, uh, which I knew I was going to love that anyways. I wasn't worried about that. Paul Dano really stood out to me because he, he played this character where I think it would have been so easy to make it over the top or kind of not really sell it, you know, but I, I think he sold it perfectly and you really got what they were going for and they pulled it off with him. Props to Paul Dano. Uh, oh, why am I blanking on his name? I'm thinking Phil Collins. All I can think is Phil Collins. Help me. Not sure who you would mean because I, I I just named uh, <laughs> Penguin Gordon and think Penguin. Oh, I'm Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Okay, so there's a PH and a Colin in there, so I'm not I'm not too far off. It's a F actually, but go ahead. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I it don't probably is PH. I'm just I'm sorry. I'm I'm messing with you. Go ahead. So the set photos of him come out right, and uh, everyone's like, you you can't tell it's him, and you can't tell it's makeup. Is it going to hold up in the movie? It absolutely holds up. You 100% believe that the guy you're looking at is real. You can't tell the penguin is wearing any sort of prosthetic. You can't see Colin Farrell in it. It's just that character. It's awesome. Makes me really excited for the uh, spinoff show that they're going to do with him. Yeah, I did hear about that. I mean, anything Batman related, again, mega nerd here. So I'm I'm always behind it anyway, and I'm going to check it out. So, yeah, all that stuff I was going to check out anyway. But, yeah, I'm... I'm Man, I'm even more excited to see this movie now. And so far, I've been actually been able to successfully avoid uh, major spoilers. So I will go into it still basically knowing nothing. Little to nothing besides a few scenes and trailers and a few things about some characters. Like maybe one or two scenes they did, but it wasn't important to the overall plot. Glad you enjoyed it. That's really good. It's nice to get your money's worth when you go in to pay for a, you know, tickets aren't really cheap. And to go still see it and everything and enjoy it, it's very nice. Yes, especially one that I was uh, looking forward to so much. It was really nice to have that delivered on. Well, that's that's good. I'm really happy for you. I'm, like I said, I'm going to try to tentatively plan for like this weekend after after paycheck comes through so I have a little money. 
to go ahead and actually watch it and hopefully some time. But we'll see. If I do, I'll definitely come back and, and let you let you and the listeners know that I did and what I thought about it. So you said you had some news for me that I would enjoy. I don't know what it is yet. Yes. Uh, so I haven't watched anything new recently, but new to me. And uh, if anyone's wondering, uh, we, we talked before we record to kind of clarify some things and whatnot. And I said I had a surprise for Sean because I watched a movie and I wanted to tell him on the podcast to get a genuine reaction. So uh, this was on your top movies of all time, going back a ways to uh, our first little listings we did. Okay. You said you loved it. You adored this film and that I definitely should watch it because I said it's on my list. I have not been able to watch it. Well, it did come through on a streaming service, and I was able to watch it. I uh, finally watched Life is Beautiful. What you think? My number one movie of all time. Like, I don't have a solid second favorite. I don't have a solid third favorite. This is my undisputed favorite movie. That's why I wanted to tell you live, basically. And yes, I adored it completely. Everything that you basically talked about it and brought up with it, was that and delivered even more so on some regards granted i i could have a few scenes where i was watching and i was like eh, you know this is definitely more on the comical bit here it's almost like it's a uh, i don't know like like you said it kind of actually starts off with this totally different tone and style because you're like the tone is like oh it's kind of a light-hearted kind of stupid comedy because he's very physical he did a lot of antics and a lot of over-the-top scenes and played with expectations and and as it goes on progressively, little bits of it bleed through that, oh, this is, you know, in Italy in the period of, you know, the Axis sweeping through Europe yep. and following, you know, the, the powers there in what would be World War II. And, and like you said, it kind of artfully trickles down with little graffiti here, something here to let it some presence known here. And then all of a sudden there's that tonal shift where it just shifts into well, the character you followed thus far, he and his son and his family, because he is a Jewish Italian, is now rounded up and brought to a concentration camp. The wind kind of gets sucked out of your sails. But managing to find the balance for everything to play through like it does and still keep a lot of essences of the tone previously in the, in the previous half of the film. And just how it concluded, like, I don't want to spoil it majorly for anyone else, because I will say, if anyone has never seen it, if you do love drama and, and cinema, anything like that, do yourself a favor and watch it. What I found it was available on was actually Paramount Plus. So if anyone has access to that right now or through, you know, Prime Channels or Google or anything like that, do yourself a favor, save two hours of your day and go watch it. Because I don't want to majorly spoil it for you, but it can only end the way it ended. I will say that. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I kind of I don't know I kind of want to spoil it a little bit. I, I want to, to as well, but I'm trying it. to be I'm trying to it's the artful, you know, dodging and weaving in a way of being like, how do I be vague but not too vague but just vague enough? I might have spoiled a major part of it anyway by talking about the tone and the shift into like you know comedy to concentration camp. It's like because eh, that's kind of a spoiler for many people who are like, wait, what? What is it about? What you said? What? But yeah, I, I second what you said. Basically, everything you said, I was like. Many scenes were artfully done. It was well executed. It was heartbreaking when it needed to be. I was impressed at his filmmaking of uh, Roberto Benigni, as you said, his his uh, leading man presence and his directing. That's the, he, he is just the soul of that movie. 
all the way through it. Like, yeah, in the beginning, he's, he's you know, light and cheerful, clever, witty. But even even going into the second half and everything with them in the uh, concentration camp, he still keeps that. It's not energy, but you know, you know what I mean? He still keeps that. And uh, it's hard to talk about this without actually talking about the story. But yeah, the way he does what he does, especially during the second half, throughout the entire time they're there, uh, is just, you know, it's beautiful and it's so deep and heartbreaking and at the same time uplifting. And like you said, the ending is just, it's its beautiful. And it's sad and it's terrible and it's beautiful. Like I said to anyone else who has not seen it, please do yourself a favor and watch this movie. It was everything we've just described it to be. I personally now hold it on my definitely top three movies of all time. I'm debating if it's number one or two. In Sean's case, it's his number one top favorite of all time. But for me, it's definitely now top three. And I would say that, yes, everything that we've just mentioned, it's it's really good. It's full of heart. It's full of joy. It is full of sadness and bitterness and it's full of you know some very heart-wrenching scenes and yeah it just it balances all those things we just said usually if a film has too much it's like it's hard to balance it but he did a perfect job of balancing it and like i said before the ending is a bittersweet ending and it kind of needed to end the way it did and when a film pulls that off in my opinion it's it's again it's difficult to do but when they do it and do it well it deserves to be applauded Oh, and th- this uh, film won so many awards. I don't remember exactly what the award's called, but like it was some sort of a Jewish representation of the Holocaust or something like that. Something about the, the representation of the Holocaust was acknowledged and applauded um, by the uh, whatever European Jewish Asso- Jewish association they have for film. I don't know what it's called, really. <laughs> but basically just to say the people who really, you know, if they didn't like it, it would have sucked. But they loved it. Everyone else loved it, too. It won a ton of awards over it. Because it was made in, uh, it's originally in Italy. By the way, did you watch it subbed or dubbed? Uh, subbed. Yeah, no, I didn't want someone talking over the thing the english dub is actually not that bad um at the time when i watched it first i was a bit younger and i you know you you couldn't catch me anywhere near uh subtitles um and so i watched it dubbed and the english dub is actually pretty good but i I, obviously i would i do believe sub is superior oh definitely i just went into it going this is a classic this is you know uh, a big name in film circles for many film circles and, and other like critiques and such. And I was like, I, I'm going to watch it as originally as I can. So I just watch it with subtitles. I've gotten used yeah. to that when I watch some foreign language films, because I kind of would rather hear them. The autistic side of my brain hates when the words don't sync with the lips. So I can't stand when it's, <laughs> it's dubbed. Yeah. I've, I've gotten more used to just watching it. Be like, you know, if it's a made, if this was a film in Spain, I'll watch it in Spanish and, you know, the language there. If it's in Italy, I'll watch it in Italian, anything like that, because it's just easier for me. And it's easier for me to kind of get involved because they're, or you're hearing what they're actually saying, if that makes sense. There's nothing worse than watching a movie about a Spaniard 
who lived in Japan for the past century, and he's talking with a Scottish accent. It's just, it's just unbearable. Now I want to leave it at that because I just want to see how many people actually get that reference without us saying anything. <laughs> if you do, we have anywhere for people to comment. We don't have any social media yet, do we? When I upload these to Spotify, I go ahead and run some polls every now and then. So maybe I'll run one and say, do you guys know what we're referencing with that comment? <laughs> yes, we'll give you some like one minute of a standing ovation. And just trust us, we'll be standing for it. Just just take our word. We will be standing. But naked, but we will be standing. That's a little more than I need to imagine <laughs> right now. So I'm going to just bump us along. <laughs> what's what's anyway. our main topic this week? I think, I remember last week we had, uh, or not last week, forgive me, the last episode, we were talking about favorite directors, and we began by talking a little bit and leading into uh, one of your favorite directors you said was Sam Raimi, I remember you started us off with. And yep. in entertainment news now, and in the comic book side, he's directing the upcoming Doctor Strange sequel, right, in the Multiverse of Madness, and we were talking about how much we love the trailer and the recent trailer that had dropped at the time how it looked to be really leaning into the multiversal idea of bringing in so many other aspects. And maybe finally we said, this is the crux of bringing in possibly like, you know, the Fox merger since Disney owning Marvel entertainment and such, and acquiring Fox who had the license to a couple other Marvel characters. And we were seeing some of that in the fruition with, again, we'll mention again, little spoilers in case you haven't at all heard the episode before anything like that. The trailer that had dropped more recently for Doctor Strange's sequel had the one and only Patrick Stewart confirmed to be somewhere in a role. And a lot of rumors going and a lot of people going crazy and freaking out, saying, you know, we could finally see the merger and some of the other characters like the X-Men, of course, are the primary force because of, you know, Patrick Stewart, X-Men movies. And don't get me wrong, me and Sean are really excited to see where this is going to go. Like, we're comic book nerds for the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well, and we, we love it. And I know for you, Sean, it's a lot more is also on than just Patrick Stewart, because you love Patrick Stewart. Engage. I was going to say, we're definitely looking for that movie, too. I'm definitely going to go to theaters to see that when it uh, comes out or around that time. And we have got to talking, and we realized we are like, you know, we kind of had an idea for an ongoing series that we'd go back to every now and then for just fan casting some of our thoughts and opinions on different people who we'd like to see in different movies. Like maybe if a movie deserved a remake or a story was good and the first movie was bad and adaptation was horrible and it deserves a second chance, things like that. A couple choices for different things. And we really wanted to do one on the MCU because it's leading into something bigger now and it, it's looking so cool. And like I said, the thing we thought to focus on for this one is more so like the Fox acquisition since Fox had the rights to X-Men and Fantastic Four. So we thought we'd make it a bit easier and just kind of cut it up in little chunks. We would just go through maybe what we would like to see if they brought in Fantastic Four into the fray. Because we know they're, it's already confirmed they are going to. They've dropped like the title card. Do you remember that? Did you ever see that one, Sean? The whole like poster with the four yep. and just saying Marvel on it and that was it. But that they just confirmed they like we are working on it to bring it into the MCU officially, and I know they're still busy working on a lot of their projects. I went ahead and um on my computer here I pulled up the like the timeline, which of course is now 
they put they made this timeline like years ago so this was pre-pandemic and covid precautions and everything so a lot of that stuff got pushed way back but we're starting to get it now with a lot of this thing was like the shows on disney plus the solo movies and the thing that's most current thus far is spider-man no way home which we saw and we loved and i loved it a lot and that definitely tapped into multiversal uh the, the multiversal side of the comics universe and everything and going forward we're going to have things like the the thor sequel with uh natalie portman coming back to be jane foster and even take up the mantle and hammer of thor we've got the black panther sequel ant-man sequel the some more shows on disney plus including one i'm kind of looking forward to see which is moon knight because i love oscar isaac and i can't wait to see him portray this character plus i don't know enough about him and i really love would love to see this come to fruition but further down the line in movie form or some capacity we are going to get the fantastic forward to the mcu and we just thought why not break down a few characters we'd like to see play these iconic heroes I don't remember who went last time. I really can't remember, but I was going to ask, uh, Sean, do you maybe want to go ahead and just start off with any casting you have or anything like people you'd like to see? So the Fantastic Four, I suppose we'll start with the Mr. Fantastic. Well, first of all, when you mention Mr. Fantastic nowadays, there's one guy that everybody is trying to fan cast. That's John Krasinski. And I agree 100%. I think this dude would make an awesome Mr. Fantastic, which especially works when you consider his wife, but we'll get into that in a minute. But yeah, I think he's got the, uh, you know, he can pull off the intellectual side and he can also pull off the, you know, because Fantastic Four is often referred to as Marvel's first family. And they've always kind of had that tone to him, I guess you know, excluding fan four stick. <laughs> but I think John Krasinski would fit really well into that role. Um, and I think he looks the part, you know. I think he's got the acting chops. He definitely has the fan base for it. So, yeah, I, I think he would be a perfect casting. I know when I saw some of those, like, fan castings before, one or two particular articles before, and they did have John Krasinski as, like, one of their top choices, I didn't agree with it at first. And this is just me, personal opinion-wise. I just remember going like, ah, no, man, he's not the right fit at all. And because, you know, what we had before and going for the comics, it depends on everything. I will say this was a little while ago. But then as I saw what Marvel was doing in Disney, I guess, overall with the bigger parent company, but, you know, what Marvel and Disney were doing with their movies thus far with some different casting choices and maybe making a few odd ones to make a lot of hardcore fans get maybe a little antsy or, eh, well, let's be honest, a lot of other fans that I use that term loosely that were more concerned because it's like, you know, you can't make that character black. They're not black in the comics or you can't have an Asian character portray this and everything. And I'm like, you know, to those people, I say firmly and not even friendly, shut up because they can do whatever they want. They foot the bill, but also the characters don't have to be dead set like that. If, if you know what I'm saying in opinion wise there. And so in part of my mind, I just remember being a little bit more of a comic purist at the time because I was like, John Krasinski, nah, man, this is like, you know, Jim Halbert from The Office, most famous role, and then seeing his other stuff, he's good, honestly. And I don't know if anyone's watched uh, the Jack Ryan series on Amazon Prime, but it's it's excellent. And he's a very excellent choice. As I started seeing what Marvel was doing and how well they were 
changing some characters around, maybe different casting idea than you would think, but making it work much better than originally thought of. I definitely softened up and warmed up completely to John's casting if he was ever cast. So I would agree with you, Sean. I, I think John would make a very interesting Mr. Fantastic because he has, like you said, those different qualities that could be shown, but also just a few different things like quirks about him as an actor that could maybe make the character a little more unique than we had seen previously before. Yeah, and he's done a lot more. Uh, for those who haven't seen him in other stuff, he's done a lot more since The Office, right? He's got a bunch of movies under his belt. He's done some directing. He's well-respected by the industry. If you haven't seen him in the other stuff, just trust us. He's a good actor. And if he is cast, that gives me even more confidence because, like you were talking about, Marvel's done a great job with that. You know, talking about casting and then going back to what you were saying with the uh, their movie lineup. The reason I credit most of the success of the MCU to Kevin Feige's organization because he plans it all out. He works with his creators to make sure they have their freedom to make a good movie, but they also stay in line with the continuity and the story they're wanting to tell. Everything goes through him and he keeps everything in order. You know, a lot of people were saying, oh, because Marvel's had the rights to X-Men for a while now. Fantastic Four, too. It's going on a number of years now. You know, people five years ago were saying, oh, bring in the X-Men, bring in the X-Men. But I'm like, no. Whenever Kevin Feige does it, it's going to be perfect because he plans things out and he does it well. So I'm trusting whatever he's doing. And you know, if he if he did cast John, I would just trust that decision. My mom is sneaking up on me. I see her. She just had to sneak in here and not, not she stole my popcorn. Gosh darn it! Then she just came in and snatched it. Uh, live production, folks. Live production. Oh yeah, I'm not. Oh, I kind of let her get away with that. She's trying to be sneaky. <laughs> Anyways, I, yeah, I actually I, did have another uh, Mr. Fantastic cast, and you you might like this, you might not. And for those who don't, I get it. I it's one of those ones where I think it could work in the right movie. You know, just because John could make a great Mr. Fantastic, it all depends on what Fantastic Four movie they're gonna make. Like, the casting for Fan Stick, I thought was great. All of those people were brilliant actors, and if it were another film, we would have been singing their praises. But unfortunately, it was great actors in a bad movie, in my opinion. So, that being said, given the right movie, I think that Cillian Murphy could actually make a good Mr. Fantastic. What do you think about that? That's definitely an odd choice, just like off the bat being an odd like thing or eh, sorry, my saying is like my opinion, instant like thought is that's a little odd choice, but I could see like warming up to it. The idea I remember, I think years ago, either it was you or me or me and siblings or something. I like talked about bringing in the Fantastic Four and I actually proposed Cillian Murphy as Dr. Doom, but that was that was me. So we were near the same page having Cillian Murphy in our thoughts. Yeah, he can do whatever. I'll watch it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like you said, he, he's fantastic. So, <laughs> um, but no, I was gonna say, he, he is a fantastic actor and great presence. So he could do any of those roles. In fact, like I said, I'm kind of surprised he hasn't played like a villain on the MCU lineup at all yet. 
because like he's got that look about him like he could be a good villain but he could also be a hero yeah he does all right so what are your picks honestly one of my for mr fantastic i think mine was like uh also john krasinski just because like i said i warmed up to the idea and i was like you know what i think he could be a good solid choice there if if anything else and trying to think about someone closer in that range or anything, I, I honestly couldn't really come up with too many others. Like, just honestly, and I, I was thinking about it because we had talked about this a couple weeks ago and leading into it, and we got a little extra time, I guess, because of uh, our delays. But I honestly couldn't really come up with any more things. So I'm going to just do what everyone wants to hear, and I'm going to just say, let's just fan cast Nick Cage and something, okay? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to know, be like, I'm Mr. Fantastic. I stretch my limbs into... My limbs don't horses. stretch. There's, there's warp fields around my body that make mm-hmm. it look like I'm stretching, but I'm not. Uh, Are you yeah. trying to fire me up? Anyway. I probably hate that movie more than you. Who knows? But no, I'm just saying. You know, I, I, I honestly was thinking, and I was racking my brain, and I'm like, you know, honestly, I'm like, if I had to say it, just number one on my list thus far would be John. So... Congrats, John. You've so, got the thoughts of two video idiots behind you. My prediction on if they don't cast John Krasinski, because the one problem with the one possible problem with John and some of the other castings I have is that they are a bit older. And by older, I don't mean they're old. I mean, they may be past the age that would be best for the story that Marvel's wanting to tell. Because they don't want to cast someone that, you know, 10, 15 years from now can't do what they want them to do if they're still wanting to make those movies 10 and 15 years from now, right? Yeah. In my opinion, you know, John's still going to be going in 10 years, right? But they could be wanting to go younger. So if, if they do want to go younger and they don't cast Krasinski, my guess is it's going to be a relatively unknown character or unknown actor, because that's something else that Kevin Feige and Marvel has done well. They've taken a, a few unknowns or lesser knowns and, you know, put them in really good roles with their directing as well. Like the uh, Russo brothers, they're not exactly unknown, but they weren't, you know, they directed Community. Yeah, as we said, they wrote and directed episodes of Community, and that was like their major thing before that, so. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they're directing uh, Civil War and Infinity War. And all the major ones after that, basically, after Civil War. Yeah. Or the major Avengers movies, I should say. But yeah, no, completely. I, I, I agree. And I mean, we don't know what Marvel's going to do going forward. Like you just said, we don't know. Are they going to actually make a cast of like, you know, around more of the comic appropriate ages that they were when they debuted? Are they going to go like what Fan Four Stick, as we call it, kind of did and made them all about, you know, in their late 20s to early 30s are they going to make him younger are they going to do something there are they going to have more age gaps in there for character development we we don't know and we're not going to know till we get announcements of it so we just trust like you said and i i do trust in kevin he he really has done a fantastic job in fact i mean he was handpicked by stan lee you know to continue the legacy and everything so hey if stan approves of him i approve him very interesting to say the least though who could play these characters so but yeah, for Mr. Fantastic, I think those are, we don't have much, but you know, just fairly solid, I'd say. So who's your uh, Invisible Woman pick? Well, I, I thought about this, and uh, she 
the person I did think of primarily, just because I thought of her and I went, she's someone I haven't seen in a ton of other things for a while. She's still, she's good. I think she's really good, honestly. And and it's uh, really funny that you would name drop a uh, singer earlier. I know you're trying to think of Colin Farrell, but you mentioned Phil Collins and you were like, I keep thinking of Phil Collins. Why? Is that Lily? I was going to say, I had I thought of Lily Collins as a candidate. <laughs> Prime. A prime candidate, sure. No, yeah, I thought of her too. Uh, she was one of my favorite actresses uh, for a while there, because she did um, she did oh, what was it? It was the Snow White retelling. The think, mirror, mirror, mirror. Yeah, I've I've got the pages pulled up here, and I'm like, I loved that movie. I loved that movie too, because it's just it's just stupid. Like, I mean, legitimately, and I don't mean this exactly. as criticism. It's meant to be a dumb comedy because it takes a lot of things over the top and everything, and it just it is what it is. Yeah, I think it got a little bit more hate than it should have because people, like you said, didn't really see what it was going for. Uh, but I just had fun with it. Yeah, it was fun. And I mean, she's been in other things. Like I said, um, she was, uh, it didn't really move forward as far as what people wanted to, to go. But the Mortal Instruments series, it was actually a book series that's very popular. And I actually read a couple of those books with my sister. Like she had bought them. I read them after her. It was a very engaging series. She was actually the main character. They made one movie, and then they later on made a television show out of it with different actors. Yeah, but with different people, so. But yeah, I was going to say, you're familiar with, with Lily Collins' work and everything, and I am too. And I'm, oh, I, yeah. I think she's a potential. Like, if they wanted to go maybe slightly younger than you would think, but I mean, she is, I believe she's like in her, what does it say, 89 is when she was born, so. I mean, she's in the age group, I think. She's, she's 89. 89. Yeah, she looks good for 89, right? She looks really good for 89. <laughs> Born in 89. So I'm thinking, like, it's... I, I just thought of her, because I'm like, I'd like to see her in the d- dynamic of, like, you know, because maybe if she's in this age group here, it'd be interesting if maybe... Because I have another choice for... Or not another choice, but further down, I have a choice for uh, who would be her brother, right? Johnny. Right. And... Or Human Torch. And I'm like, it'd be interesting because the guy I have here is actually younger than her. And I'm like, wouldn't that be more interesting if they actually showed a definitive, pretty decent age gap to actually having like, you know, more, maybe a more immature younger brother kind of figure. Right. But I won't get that too far. But, you know, I thought of Lily because I just thought she'd be interesting to see pull this off. I could see her being her being Sue Storm. Yeah, I definitely can, too. And and for those who haven't put it together yet, uh, Lily Collins is the daughter of Phil Collins. So, you know, you heard me mention John Krasinski earlier, who is obviously married to one Emily Blunt, which is, of course, my next top pick for Invisible Woman. You know, the Internet has been wanting them as this superhero pair for a long time now. <laughs> And I, it would be awesome if we actually got it. Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic and Emily Blunt as Invisible Woman. I think that would be awesome. And she obviously has the acting chops. She has the charisma. She can exude strength. She's got it. She could pull this off. No question. It would be perfect casting. Oh, com- completely. I mean, she's just good in anything, so... I mean, she pulls oh, up yeah. so many other, so much variety. Like, you know, I've seen her in like Mary Poppins Returns, which was not the greatest sequel, but she can sing really well too. Just a side note. But I'm like, you know, she can sing, she can dance, she can act. I mean, what can't she do? 
Oh, I, I meant to say, too, uh, I have no idea why, but she was supposed to be at the top of my list for my uh, favorite actresses, because she is. Uh, she is definitely one of, if not my very favorite actress, you know, especially when I saw her in, it had two different titles. One was Live, Die, Repeat, and then the original title was Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise film. I think they got into some legal trouble, so they had to call it the tagline, which was live, die, repeat. Because it actually is an adaptation of like a, a manga, believe it or not. Or it's inspired oh, it? by an older manga, yes. So I think they might not have had the license to use the name or something. I don't, I don't something like, it was weird. I know what you're talking about, though, because like I said, that's a weird role to see her in and then do something like, you know, she's British, so she can be like in a, maybe an Austin adaptation or something like that, you know, and she still pulls off this classy older time period right very maybe even uptight sometimes lady very proper and then she'll turn around and do something like when she's in the gutter and in the fighting with her family and uh ah, forgive me my mind's slipping the a quiet place movies and she just her range is phenomenal so yeah i think just her being in the mcu would be fun to see but also because of the dynamic of them being married in real life because i think yeah. that'd be fun to kind of see elements of that, you know, bleed onto the screen and see how they could play off each other and, and move with the story and the characters. So I think that's a good choice. Well, and we, we already know they're willing to act together because of A Quiet Place. I actually had a, a second one for Indivisible Woman as well, which is Shailene Woodley. This is one if they kind of wanted to go younger. I think she's a great actress. I haven't seen her in a ton recently. I think the biggest thing... Let's see, what did she do? What's that series called? It's one of the, one of the, how can I be a movie podcast and not remember this movie? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where she plays Triss? They go through the te- Divergent. Uh, sorry. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. Yes, yes, yes. You said the name and then all of a sudden my mind goes, memory wipe. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, it's because we're looking at like lists of like ten actors. It's crazy, but uh, yeah. So she was in Divergent. While while that's not my favorite movie series, she really stuck out as a good part of it, especially with the material she was given. Or, or she pulled off a very con- convincing acting performance, um, especially in the more emotional bits. Another standout was Miles Teller. I really loved him after seeing him in Divergent. And he, of course, went on to play Mr. Fantastic in the unnamed, forgotten Fantastic movie. But I think Shailene Woodley could definitely pull off Invisible Woman. Interesting choice there, honestly. I'm like, yeah. It'd be like, like you said, we could do like a different of a different characterization of it and see how it would be going forward with someone like her in the role. And I'm like, there, there's potential there, honestly. Like I said, I could see her being more on the um, side if they decided to go with an all relatively younger take on it right? as an origin story to lead them into this current one. Maybe even set it years in the past or something, you know, not too long, but, you know, maybe like, you know, it'd be like before the invasion of New York or something or right around the invasion, something like that. Maybe the aliens, Chitauri, were the ones that interfered and put them on the path of a cosmic storm they were observing. Who knows? Marvel, contact me. I will let you use that idea, but I do want to cut. But, you know, that that could be something. Well, and there's, correct me if you know differently, but I believe she was actually kind of 
cast as Mary Jane in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Like, never showed up on screen, but I think she was their pick for Mary Jane, and I think she actually shot some scenes that just didn't make the cut. I'm not sure about that. Personally, I, I just, I'm not sure if I heard that or not. I'd have to take your word. Well, I know I heard that, and I think I was convinced. But assuming that was the case, I think it's possible that we actually still get to see her pop up as Mary Jane if they end up doing, because there's, you know, this is all rumor and speculation, so don't take this too seriously. But there's rumors and speculation that they might go on with another uh, Andrew Garfield movie. You know, maybe him and Tom Hardy's Venom are in the same universe. So I wouldn't rule it out completely that we see her pop up in the MCU or at least the Spider-Verse as a Mary Jane character. But, you know, who knows? If not, I'd love to see her as Invisible Woman. There's a pun there, if you think about it. Ah, let's see her. Every time we talk about seeing the Invisible Woman, I just, I, I keep giggling. Uh, yeah, as you say, okay, you know, I kind of had someone pop in my head that was like, if they wanted to do that route of like, I just mentioned earlier with like what you said with Shailene, maybe if they wanted to go slightly younger or do like all the more younger kind of take on the heroes, Mm -hmm. uh, an actress, I think that could do it pretty well and convincingly. And I don't think she's been in a hero movie because she's been in a lot of like serious films. And I say that like, you know, quote unquote serious as in like more dramas and such but she's done a few like ridiculous things and such i don't want to butcher her name but i have to just i think i think i know who you're saying oh do you do you want to try to guess is it anya taylor joy uh no actually interesting Uh uh, interesting guess but i I like her but i don't think i'd like her as invisible woman personally that's opinion wise i wouldn't mind if she was in the mcu somewhere just not as um that well technically in a way if you count the new mutants movie but that was still by fox at the time so, yeah. No, I was thinking of actress uh, Sayors Ronan. Or, or Sayors Ronan. Yeah. I'm probably butchering that so horribly. I'm so sorry. I think I know she, you're she talking about. Irish... Yes. yes. Irish. She's been in a lot of like Wes Anderson films. Uh, she was in the adaptation. One of her most famous early roles was in, well, not too early, but earlier was an adaptation by Peter Jackson of The Lovely Bones. I don't know if you ever saw that one, but it's a very famous novel. My mom read it when she was younger. That lets you know how old the book is. And it was actually Peter Jackson did the adaptation, and she played the main character, who was like this girl who was killed, and it was her spirit wandering through like her world as a ghost, seeing like how the people were going on after her death and everything, her parents and all these other things. And you know, I just the things I've seen her in, I loved her. Like one of my favorite roles of hers personally was after that I saw her in a uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. And she was the love interest of Zero. Remember the bellboy? Yeah, she's the love interest of of the bellboy. And they they like together and they had their own love story going. And she's the one that like was the assistant to the baker. And she had like a birthmark on her face. They put like a a mark on her face for it. Wes Anderson, you know, characterizations are strong and everything. But I saw her in that. And I just thought she was utterly charming playing this like assistant to the baker, falling in love with. I don't remember his name, but he was his name in the movie was Zero, right? And it's just mm-hmm. like, I loved her. And I just remember thinking, man, she's got some really good acting chops on her because like, I've seen her go on and she's been nominated for Oscars and like her performances, she's been noticed. And I'm like, you know, I was like, if they want to do something for her, I'd love to see her in like a hero movie, more like MCU, just because I think it'd be interesting to see how they, how she could play off with the other characters. 
So I'm looking at her. Uh, now, mind you, this is Google, so it, it might be totally bunk. But Google is saying it is pronounced Sersha. Yeah, the spelling is S A O I R S E. Yes. Ronan. Yeah, but it says Sersha. Well, if that is the case, I will say Sersha and apologize for my hideous pronunciation earlier because I was, I, I honestly try to be phonetic with it. And I, I do know that with like Gaelic spelling, it's it's not what it would be phonetically. So, yes, she but, is very Irish. But regardless, she's great presence as well. And I really would love to see, I think she'd be good at that role. Yeah, I like that pick. I think I think she would do a really good job. I could see her in it. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, every time. Uh, well, I think like a couple choices. Did you have another one or were you um, good with that? I have another one that I'll kind of put at the same time as Human Torch, but I don't want to put too much time on it. Well, I was going to say, if you want, I kind of had a little segue into who my other, my choice for Human Torch. Okay. I actually thought of actor Ansel Elgort. I've got him too. That's yep. funny, because I'm like, funny how we mentioned uh, Shailene Woodley earlier, because I'm like, he was with her in two or a couple movies, the Divergent series and The Fault in Our Stars. Right. And then he was also one of my picks of, I can't believe I didn't name him before, but a movie by Edgar Wright, who I love Edgar Wright's movies, Baby Driver. Yeah. Really fun movie. And he was the titular Baby Driver. He played Baby. And I'm um, like, I think he could do an interesting younger dynamic, because he's actually close to like our age. And I think that's what I was saying. Even if they got like maybe a kind of older actress or something, it'd be interesting to have a like a distinctive age gap with a younger brother because, you know, he, he is. He's a in the comics. I think he was even still a teenager. But, you know, I don't know if they're going to go that route still. But, you know, it's just a, it's an option. And I just thought of him because I'm like, he could do an interesting take on the character. And seeing him be like, you know, a, a version of the Human Torch would just be interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, he's got the acting chops, and like you said, he's still a bit younger, and I think he can still convey that. So, yeah, I'd love to see them go with a, uh, like you said, that really sort of not quite mature yet, fun-loving human torch. And, I mean, yeah, he was he was one of my picks. Did you have a second? I think I had somebody, but I, I, I couldn't find them. Like, I might have accidentally clicked X on the link, so unfortunately, no. Okay. Well, one I had, and again, he, he might be a bit too old, not for the role, but maybe for the role that Marvel's trying to tell. But I think Zac Efron would be a good fit. Interesting choice. Yeah, because, you know, like I was just talking about, even though he's a bit older, he still, in all of his movies, just has this really fun presence to him. And uh, you can just tell he's always trying to get up to mischief and stuff. And uh, I think I think that'd make a really good Human Torch pairing. And, you know, let's see, how old is he? Zach Efron, age, he's 34. Okay, so he's not that old. But yeah, I think, you know, he hasn't played a superhero yet. Fairly certain he will at some point. Why not Human Torch? Make it happen. And now my first my first pick is Ansel Elgort. Just saying. Now I did have a uh, pairing that I thought would make a really good Invisible Woman and John Boyega, not John Boyega, John Boyega's Human Torch. But <laughs> I think you could really make a good 
pairing of Invisible Woman and uh, Human Torch brother and sister dynamic out of Letitia Wright and John Boyega. Because John Boyega, you know, kind of the same as Zac Efron, he's got this energy to him where, you know, and sometimes it's intense, but, you know, sometimes it's just fun-loving, mature, but kind of immature still. I think he could make a really good Human Torch. And unfortunately, Letitia Wright is already in the MCU. The superhero Black Panther's sister. Sherry. I think they would make a really good pairing, though. Because she she also has the same kind of fun and mischief about her, but she can also play kind of more mature, kind of like in the comics. That was kind of their dynamic. Yeah, and I'm like, that'd be interesting as well to see a pairing like different and differing of the uh, kind of flip it on its head. Yeah, so, yeah, like like you said, she she is um. Well, I think it's an interesting choice there. She is already in the MCU. So. Yeah, but I would know, I would still like her. to see uh, John Boyega. I still think he'd make a good Human Torch. What, what I kind of don't want them to do, which they could, they could definitely make this work. As far as like uh, race bending goes, I might have like a scale of how popular the character is versus how iconic their look is and then kind of somewhere on that graph if a character is super popular or have a super iconic look like superman i kind of say steer away from race bending them just to keep that look kind of like how uh same thing with like hair color right i really wanted mary jane to have that you know vibrant red hair but they got zendaya and she did a good job in the role but I kind of, I kind of wanted that look. I think, I think John Boyega though is a good enough fit for the character that I think he could really make it work. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it'd be interesting to see the dynamic like he could put for that character and be technically another Disney property because of his involvement with the Star Wars sequel trilogy. So it's, it's not the MCU, it's Disney, but you know, it still counts to put him in. Well, I mean, who hasn't been in the Disney movie by now? Well, I mean, you and me, but as far as we know, <laughs> maybe one day we'll find where they're filming and just jump in the frame, completely ruin it, you know. We won't be in the movie, but we will be in the special features as the uh, guys that got arrested trying to sneak on set. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Or the people that kept loudly yelling, you should have cast so-and-so. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Good choices, good choices, I think. Very interesting. I unfortunately, I was while you were talking, I was trying to look for my other choice, and I, I I couldn't find it. So, I hate when that happens. But you know, technology gotta love it. If yeah. I could think of him, I would say like who I'd be like, oh yeah, as a as a Johnny Storm, I think would be so and so. But I'm like, I, I can't. Find do you him. have like Do you have like a movie he was in or something? I had a tab. I had two or three tabs. That's what <laughs> I mean. I like misclicked on them, and I'm like, no, wait, I needed. Okay, never mind. Technology sucks. Oh, well. So I think we can move along to the last of the crew. And that would be with, you know, Ben Grimm, the thing. It's clobbering time. It's clobbering time, baby. The only one who canonically can actually take on the Hulk and win, Stanley himself said so. Everyone else shut up. Anyway, who do you think would be the thing? That, That was one of my favorite fights in the comics, by the way. When Thing fought Hulk. That was an awesome fight. Anyways. Yeah. Okay, so like the thing, he's kind of this over-the-top character because he's always walking around in like this rock form, right? He's got the lines, it's clobbering time, 
and he needs physicality, I think you could do really well with John Cena because he's got the physicality. And by the physicality, I don't just mean he's big. It's going to be a motion capture suit for sure. It's not, they're probably not going to use practical effects. His beefiness is not the thing that draws me to him. His WWE experience, however, his wrestling experience does draw me to him because he can have that physicality to really sell these over-the-top super strength punches, throwing things, yada, yada. And I, I think he can convincingly say, it's clobbering time, right? I definitely want to hear his voice say that. Like, I can already picture it in my head. I can picture him saying that it's clobbering time. Right. And then maybe even, like, before and after some editing. Because, like, imagine if he's in the movie as Ben Grimm and he talks a bit and stuff, whatever. Because he's best friends with Reed Richards, right? That's, like, a big dynamic of the character. Yeah. He was the guy who kind of, like, the athletic or jock type, right? That was more to the the direct opposite of Reed Richards' nerdy, introverted genius, right? And... But they became friends because of their opposites and and like they were roommates in college, I believe was actually the canon comical story. You know, someone like that'd be interesting because like you said, he could be definitely like that figure to him. And then after he's the thing, he still was faithful to him and, and to the team that it was part of. But yeah, Mike, I, I could hear his voice saying it before, like being it, like maybe that's like as a thing he would say in like passing or for fun. I could hear him doing like a, it's clobbering time. And then even mm-hmm. after turning into the thing, like maybe with some editing in the voice, you know, because they'd probably make it deeper or something in there, make the voice sound different as the character, but still use it as the it's clobber in time. As soon as I put Cena with the thing in my head, like I just now see the thing as a wrestling persona. I um, mean, another part of it that I think John Cena could really pull off is the humor. Because, it, you know, it's one of the... Uh, Something that gives real contrast to the character of the thing is that he's this big rock, ugly looking lumbering thing, but he's so full of humor too. Not, not like he's cracking jokes all the time, but just kind of his, I don't know, what would you say? His presence, his uh, attitude towards things. Reed Richards is listing off all the scientific stuff. And then Johnny Storm is goofballing. And then you have Ben Grimm (laughs) making some sort of, sarcastic Boston comment. And uh, I think his relationship with Johnny Storm, uh, Human Torch, I think John Cena could really pull that off because he's shown he has pretty good comedic timing. I could I could see like our guys that we talked about being mm-hmm. on his annoying side, you know, definitely just egging him on and everything. And, oh, and, yeah. And, you know, trying to be like, I'm going to kick his ass. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, mm-hmm. no. You know, be like, because I'm like, they always did that. And he always, he always did that to the thing. He'd always egg him on and bug him, which is why I I personally was like, I think they should go slightly younger for a Johnny Storm figure. But, you know, you don't have to be young to be like that. Some people are just immature. You know, I I, I definitely could see like John Cena being the thing. And I would, uh, I'd agree with you. I think with the experience and seeing as he's going now, that'd be an interesting choice. That'd be kind of fun to see. I will say, I don't know how it would fit in with, uh, I know this is, again, opinion-wise and everything, but you know how he's already connected to DC with the Suicide Squad and Peacemaker? I think that era is on its way out just because we're so far into it now. Do you know what I mean? 
obviously when me and you were growing up, DC and Marvel, you know, had an appearance of competing, at least on the fan side. The studios really couldn't give a crap, I don't think. But, you know, on the ground, like, you know, oh, what's your favorite? Marvel or DC, you know? And it's a fun thing to do. Um, and so it's always kind of noticeable and comment-worthy when you see an actor in a DC role who then goes over to a Marvel role. And, you know, it's kind of a cool thing. But in reality, to them, it's just a movie. You know, they do movies all the time. They do movies in this role, and then they go act in this role because they're actors. Where I get what you're saying, like, it would be something if, uh, like, Henry Cavill showed up as uh, Icarus in Eternals, right? Because Icarus has that, uh, you know, laser vision in the flight, super strength. That one's a bit on the nose with Henry Cavill playing Superman. So that one, yeah, I get that. I think, you know, eventually they're all going to cross over going back and forth, DC, Marvel. It's going to happen. I mean, it already has happened in some regards, too. I, I was just saying that because yeah. I guess it's more what I should say. It's more on contractual agreements because it's not so much DC then. It's more so Warner Brothers because they're the ones who own the DC rights to all the movies and produce the movies and shows. So it'd be more so if, if Warner Brothers was Ill- willing to negotiate to do something. Th- th- that's what I was saying, though. I mean, we'll see. I like the idea. I actually really love your idea. I'm like, I'm sad I couldn't think of any real choices for the thing because it's, I don't know why, but I'm like, out of the other people, that was like the most difficult one for me. Just because I'm like, who who would I pick? Who would I choose? Because I'm like, who could do both things well? And and, and just a kind of segue, I think, to our ending discussion, I think is a, I mean, unless you had another one. Uh, I'll, I'll just name it off real quick. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, I think he could do a good job with it. I'd say I, that's more on the nose, but. Yeah, and again, it's not because of his physicality, because it's just going to be, you know, behind a CGI. I just think I can hear his voice coming out of it with that sort of Boston gruff, and he's got the quick wit too. So I, I could see them doing yeah, that. You're you're more so like on his thing as a tough guy persona, I, I would imagine, right? Yeah, the tough guy persona. Plus, he's got that real witty quality to him, where he's always going back and forth. Like if you watch Minted, you know, mm-hmm. it's very quick back and forth, and you can hear his voice doing that, making yeah. quips and whatnot. I mean, that, that's something I could kind of see, like you said, more like the tough guy persona, because Ben Grimm is like he's he is the tough guy, but with a heart of gold. Yeah. And that's like that's kind of what made it difficult for me, because he is he's friendly. And when his friends need him in a pinch, he is always there and he will fight till he collapses, if need be, for his friends. And I'm like, that's a big thing they always wanted to show to people. They always needed to convince to people that was a big deal for, you know, when Stanley created the characters and helped create them. And, and the comics always showed that. So I was trying to think of who could be a good balance between those. And I think both your choices there actually still could. Initial part of me wants to be like instantly say no, but then I'm like, you know, I have to beat that part into submission and be like, no, there are things that you give things a chance and, you know, <laughs> think about it, you know, th- think about it longer instead of just the initial, well, no, they wouldn't do that because do you even have a good reason? And, you know, I think both of those guys could actually do that really well. So, I, I really think John Cena would be, perfect for it but you know we'll see what they do you know now that you said that i i really would love to see that but i guess we'll we'll see i'm excited for what whatever they will announce because i am just i am one of those guys who instantly did say when they acquired them i finally went finally we can have the fantastic four and x-men 
be part of the MCU now. And I'm still excited for that. But I am definitely, like you said, I'm giving them time. I'm giving Kevin Feige time to like manage all this, to bring it together into fruition. Because, you know, after 10 something years, we finally got the first big phase, like the first three phases done to bring us, you know, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. I do not want a rushed X-Men and Fantastic Four. Oh, certainly not. Especially because I know for a fact, I bet they are working their butts off to cast those roles well. Because like we said earlier, the Fox films still have iconic characterizations. Like, you know, Fantastic Four, not so much because there only had been like, there had been three movies before really of the character. There was like one in the nineties, but that we don't count that. That was a TV thing. There's like been three official full release movies they're definitely hit or miss with the general crowds but the x-men good lord almighty do they have a tough time there because like we said patrick stewart filled the role first and then for the younger iterations of professor x i'm talking about was james mcavoy who i also love and and he did a good job and and then to you know you know the the big name hugh jackman as wolverine they have a lot on their plate because people's expectations and hopes are going to be way up there. And then their, you know, the thoughts are going to be like, how are you going to be as Wolverine? We're going to be really hypercritical of whoever you choose. So of course, yeah. again, I'll just throw it out there. They should just cast Nick Cage and let everyone be happy. Yeah, there we go. Nick Cage for Wolverine. Yeah. Nick Cage for Wolverine. That's our petition right now. <laughs> I just wanted to go ahead and just lead into the ending discussions and be like, you know, like we said, there's been older movies and stuff. They have a lot on their plate, but this is fun. We just do this for fun. We talk about what we'd like to see going forward, what Marvel could do with the characters. And I'm excited to see who they bring in on a side, like very small topic. I will say uh, just some random thoughts about like fantastic Four the movies. I never saw fan four stick. I don't really care to, I saw a review breakdown of the movie and I can definitely, and I heard a lot of the background of why it didn't do that well. A lot of it was actually the disagreements between Fox and the director, because by the time his movie was made, it was not his movie anymore. So I do feel sorry for Josh Trank, which was the director's name, but you know, yeah, it happens. So, and a lot of characterizations were mismanaged in my opinion. Like, like you mentioned earlier, how Miles Teller's, Mr. Fantastic, it was not stretching. It was not actually giving him like rubber body or anything. It was small like wormholes that he could distort around his body to make it appear as it stretched. And I went, why would you do that? I think I literally watched it when the trailer first dropped. I was like, oh, okay, they're making another Fantastic Four. What's this? And they like explain that in the first trailer. I literally like, I was watching on my phone. I wanted to throw my phone on the counter and walk away. In yeah, pure just, just frustration, because I was like, that is that's so much harder than just saying he's stretchy. It it was it was a really weird decision. I mean, uh, again, yeah. I don't know who, who it was, but you know, somebody really probably was proud of coming up with that. You know, they probably worked their, <laughs> their ass off to say, you know, what's a different way than just saying he's stretchy? Oh, you know what? Let's make it so he distorts space around his body and, and they're probably really proud of it. Who knows? You know, and I'm like, you know, if that was you person whoever came up with that, you know good on you for coming up with a with a thought that's actually engaging use it for another hero like make your own comic please i would i would love to read that yeah but you know we got some we got some redemption in the concerning fantastic foreign movies uh both people who played johnny storm later redeemed themselves much better in the current mcu right because you know the first two movies was uh 
in 2005 and 2007, respectively. It was Chris Evans who played yep. Johnny Storm in both. And not bad, in my opinion. I thought he was pretty good as the cocky, uh, you know, airheaded doof that he was. But then he turned it way around and is like the most valiant, heroic character as Captain America. And now he's cemented in our minds as Captain America. And then when in the Advanced Force, as we called it. Mighty right. And then um and then it was Michael B. Jordan in the Fantastic, yeah. as we call it. And then he turned around and was one of the more interesting and I think really well written villains of the MCU currently. Motivation wise and I, everything and, and like personality. And I'm like, you know, turn it around and these these guys redeem themselves for the MCU now, so it you can maybe something for Something like that could still be true. This this is totally off topic. Not totally, but if I am an MCU, if I if I am Kevin Feige, right, and I'm thinking, what do we do about Black Panther, given the uh, passing of Chadwick Boseman? I think you've got a fan favorite character in Killmonger that is Michael B. Jordan. You have a multiverse going on right now. Drive over to a different universe where Killmonger is still alive and good, where he didn't get shipped and left in America. And I think you bring Michael B. Jordan in as your new Black Panther. I, I've heard a few rumors about that, but you know that's just that's just something they'll they'll work on because, like you said, unfortunately with his passing, he was great in the role, and then you know. And then he was uh passed away, so they're definitely they're definitely in a rut to continue the character, but they're they're working around it best they can, and and yeah. you know it's just it's things still keep going. Life throws them curveballs, like we said, life gets in the way, but you know we all work around it best we can. I will say my my point I wanted to say from earlier, just a side note, was redemption wise in MCU, some actors I would love to see in the MCU. I just want to say one particular person I still love because I think he's a fantastic actor. I should have mentioned him, but I, I again, I didn't think of him at the time. Is Owen Grufford. Yeah. Or Owen Grufford, who played Reed Richards. I'm sorry, but I, I have an opinion on him that's very strong. He is the most accurate-looking Mr. Fantastic, cinematically, that we've ever received. I'm like that meme of the guy sipping coffee that changed my mind. I'm sorry, but he looked it <laughs> completely 100%. And not only do I want a redemptive arc for him, I want him in the MCU as somebody. I don't care who, just somebody. There's actually a, another rumor going around. We're spilling all the rumors today. I think this one is likely, right? Because you've got the Illuminati, presumably, in Doctor Strange, uh, Multiverse of Madness. We saw Patrick Stewart as, presumably, Charles Xavier. I'm guessing that one of the core members of the Illuminati from the comics, Mr. Fantastic, will show up. I think it's going to be Owen Grufford. I think that'd be very cool to see if it is, because, again, continuity-wise, and I'd love to see him again. And just, I don't know, again, rumors, speculation, opinions. I'm just excited. Oh, yeah, we'll see. And I think with our choices there, we got a pretty interesting little round, round thing there, rounded out cast, and I'm like, you know, Many people who listen to this might think, you know, hey, there's an iconic character that's connected to Fantastic Four that you didn't mention, and that would be Doctor Doom. He's like one of the most iconic villains that they've ever come up with, right? Like, why didn't you mention him? Because we have a lot of things just for him alone. Trust oh, yeah. me. 
So we're going to actually separate villains a little later on is the consensus we came to because we have too much to mention. Just Dr. Doom. That's what we're going to do. And with that little bit of a uh, tidbit of announcement to the viewers, I think it's safe to say we can close the curtain on this episode right here. Just some ideas from friends chatting about what we'd like to see, maybe different people we'd like and like to see in the concerning Fantastic Four specifically. And I think we came up with some varied choices. And of course, as things go down the line, we might think of somebody else and be like, you know, I forgot so-and-so. That's who I'd put on my list. Or, oh, you know, so-and-so could be good too. But, you know, we did our best here. I think tidbit is a really interesting word. Who came up with that? I don't know, but maybe that's some homework, you know. I'll put that in the poll along with the get the reference to what you were saying earlier. I'll just put who came up with tidbit. Like someone tell us because I'm too lazy to research it myself. Who, <laughs> who was just walking around, saw something and said, tidbit. Anyways, sorry. <laughs> you were saying? <laughs> no, I mean, that's pretty much it. I just think, you know, like we said, I'm, I, I think a lot of people out there, if they listen to us going forward and everything and just already have listened to us, hopefully you have the same opinions as us in that the same like overall all opinion that we're excited going forward. I'm still very excited to see what the Multiverse of Madness is going to do with other characters and the wider MCU in general. So I'm really looking forward to that movie as well. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do. You know, the MCU has just hit it out of the ball. Or hit the ball, hit it out of the ball. Hit the ball out of the park time and time again. You know, not every movie was a masterpiece, but as a whole, there's no other franchise one, there's no other franchise that has lasted as long as the MCU, but also as long as it's gone, no movie has had such a consistent track record. I can't wait to see what they do next. I'm excited. Bring on Doctor Strange. Bring yeah, on I, Patrick I, I Stewart. Anticipate, I anticipate it might be almost as big an opening. If not, I don't think it's going to be exactly there, but it might be just as big a movie opening like when we watched No Way Home when every theater, basically every available room was playing it. So I'm 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 guessing it might be something like that. So I'm gonna we're definitely gonna hold off. I know you and me probably hold off a week or something, but I'll get as close to opening night as I can. Yeah, I, I think definitely so. don't want spoilers for that movie. Yeah, no, that's gonna be a tough one. All right, so let's just go ahead and clear our schedules, you and me. We'll just go ahead and uh, we'll go to the watch that movie. We'll watch the premiere. We'll just go <laughs> right away. No I'm down for, for it. Us. Yeah, let's do it. We'll coordinate that later. With that, first episode of a fan casting series is going. And I'd say we did pretty well with that. Just uh, And like I said earlier, we, we actually have a lot of these planned, just the general idea. We might look at, we're going to look at some more MCU properties in the future. Just go back to it. I think me and you discussed we have villains we want to talk about. We want to talk about maybe X-Men, but we definitely want the more time to assemble more comprehensive lists to go through. And of course, like, you know, maybe people they haven't had or had solo movies but they weren't connected some of those earlier films where they weren't brought into the mcu at all and and just like to see them get a second chance and then the fan casting label is also going to stick with movies that maybe they were adapted from a book or something or another tv show got a movie and they were bad and we'd like to see them come back and the source material get better respect so you know that'll be fun to do and we'll just do something like that along the way that's just that's just us moving along two idiots chatting about movies. Vidiots. Oh, by the way, I, I specified to people last time when I gave the little spiel about what happened and why we didn't have an episode last time. Uh-huh. I said if, if it was technically half of idiotic talking that I would probably be the, 
probably be Vidi and you would be Otic. So I said Joe Vidi and Sean Otic. I get the I get the idiotic half of the word. You get the Otic. Because I get Vidi. <laughs> so so not... I sound an Italian mobster and you just sound like a guy who's got a weird bonkers name. So I'm the butt end of idiotic. <laughs> I will wear this mantle with pride. Perfect. And on that uplifting bit of news there, I officially close the curtain on this episode and say thank you so much for listening to us, to our stupid thoughts, our idiotic uh, ramblings, and say that this has been Vidiotic. My name is Joe. My name is Sean. And we will see y'all later. Unless you're invisible, when you're invisible, when you're invisible.